to it. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Daniel 12. Amen. Where's Jason at? Mm, somebody got the good Kleenex. We got Vicks. Amen. I just want to hold this the whole night like this. Amen. Amen. I had some allergy today. My eyes like been watering. My nose is like, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Daniel 12. Amen. You guys get shaken up a little bit by that intro video, right? Will you be there in the end? Dun, 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 dun. Right? It's like, man, I feel like we're going to be living in like one of them Hollywood movies, right? Meteorites, bombs, all this kind of stuff. It's going to be crazy, amen, but how many guys know it's going to be glorious? Amen. It's going to be glorious. Amen. The world portrays it as doom and gloom, amen, but God portrays it as glorious, amen. The church, it's a time of rejoicing, amen. It's a, it's a time of thriving. It's a time of revival, amen. So, so let's not get it mixed up, amen. Daniel 12, 8 through 13. Maybe we could turn this down a little bit, just a little bit, amen. Daniel 12, 8 through 13. You guys there? Amen. I heard what he said, but I did not understand what he meant. So I asked, how will all this finally end, my Lord? But he said, go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Amen. Only those who are wise will know what it means. Verse 11, from the time the daily sacrifice is stopped and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be 1,290 days. And blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way until the end. You will rest and then at the end of days, you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. Father, have your way tonight. Open up our hearts, God, as we get into your word. God, as we learn about the things to come, God, as we learn about your plan and your purpose, God, for this world. Lord, open our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. amen. Go ahead and be seated here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. I got to be careful not to wipe my eyes with the Vicks one and start crying. Amen. <clears throat> so here in the book of Daniel, the very last chapter, amen, Daniel's here and he's talking with Michael the archangel, right? He's talking with Michael the archangel. And if you're familiar with the book of Daniel, that, you know, Daniel was a prophet. He, he seen many dreams. He seen many visions, right? We, we know about Nebuchadnezzar. We know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know about all these different things, right? But there's, a, there's at the very end, Michael the archangel gives Daniel just a little bit more insight into what's to come. But he says, seal it up, right? Even Daniel, he didn't understand it, right? Daniel, he, he interpreted many dreams, but this one he couldn't understand. Why? I believe because it was so far off, right? Not so far off like missing the mark, but in distant time. Amen? In distant time. And I believe that the time that he's talking about is the time that we're living in here today. Amen? That, like Pastor Toby said, we are living in the end times. Amen? We are living in the end times. We're living in the end days. Amen? And, and, and if you're wondering, well, what does that mean? Well, since Jesus Christ raised and, and was ascended into heaven, the clock started, amen? The end time started, right? The church has been anticipating the second coming of Christ since that day, right? Since that day, when you read through the book of Acts and you read through the different books in the Bible and the Gospels, 
that, that, that they were anticipating the second coming. Amen? But Michael the archangel tells Daniel to seal it up, right? And to keep it a secret. But he says, but in those days, the wise will understand. Amen? And I believe and I'm excited for what we're going to be doing here within the next month. Amen? Within the next few weeks with, with tonight and next Thursday and even with Pastor Dell. Amen? That we're going to be able to get into the word of God. And I believe that God is going to reveal some things. Amen? To those who are wise, to those who want to know, to those who want to understand. God is going to give wisdom. Amen? God is going to give understanding. Right? I heard that the women got prophesied over. And it's a trip because it's, some, it's the same direction that God was directing me tonight. Amen, that, you know, uh, uh, God is going to speak through us. Amen, that God is going to use us, and I believe because we are in those times. Amen? So what I want to do here tonight is I actually want to do more of a teaching, right? More of a teaching, so get your notebook, get your pens, get your pencil, your paper, right? Take notes on your phone. Amen? What we want to do is we want to get into something that is called eschatology. Eschatology, what is that, Right? It's like theology, right? Christology, if there's any cross-movement fans in the house, amen? Amen. Eschatology, not pieology, right? Pieology sounds good right now, amen? But eschatology. What is eschatology, right? This word eschatology arises from the Greek two words, eschatos, meaning last, and logi, meaning the study of. So eschatology is the study of what is last right? Eschatology. Theology is the study of God, right? Eschatology, the study of what is last. Eschatology is the part of theology concerned with death, judgment, and the final destiny of the soul of humankind. Amen? So it has three parts. It has three focuses. Focuses on heaven and hell, right? It focuses on a, a, a prophecy that has yet to be fulfilled, and it also uh, uh, deals with man's eternity, Amen. It focuses on prophecies, like I said, heaven and hell and the end times, the second coming of Christ. Right. So the question that we have here tonight is why should we consider eschatology? Right. Why should we even bother studying about the end times? Right. Why should we talk about the second coming of Christ? Why, you know, should we, you know, spend time looking and learning about the Antichrist and learning about the tribulation and learning about, you know, the book of Revelation, learning about prophecies made in Daniel and Ezekiel and, and Isaiah? Right. Why should we learn of these things that are to come? Right. How, how can they apply to our life? Right. Now, tonight, I'm not going to necessarily get into, you know, individual items or individual things, but we're going to look at the entire thing as a whole. Why eschatology, right? If you need a title, if you need to write something there at the top, put that why eschatology, right? Why eschatology? Why the end times? Why are we doing this tonight, right? Why can't we have a message on prosperity, right? Why can't we have, you know, a, a month on leadership, right? We do that a lot. We're Victory Outreach, right? We focus on reaching the lost. We focus on, you know, uh, leadership, Amen. On salvation. Right. But see, eschatology actually wraps all of that up into one. Right. When we study the end times, when we come with an anticipation of what God is going to do, it brings all of that full circle. Right. It brings it all into one thing. Amen. And when you look back and, and you go through church history, it was eschatology it was the end times that motivated them to do what they did. Right. It motivated them to be on fire. It motivated them to devote their lives to God. It motivated them to serve Christ. 
Amen? So I'm excited for what we're doing here this month because I believe that it's going to bring something fresh. Amen? It's going to bring something exciting. Amen? It's going to bring something, you know, that, that maybe some of us never seen before. Right? I, I'm thinking back, you know, as, you know, for the time that I've been saved for, you know, 10, 11 years that, you know, we really never had anything like this yet. Right? And so I'm excited because it reminds me of the book of Acts. Right? It reminds me of Pentecost. It reminds me of the, of the, you know, the revivals that took place in church history. Amen? So let's get into it, right? Why should we consider eschatology? There's seven things that I'm going to try to get through tonight. Amen? Seven points of, uh, of why eschatology is important to the Christian life, right? Why is it important to us? Why is it important to you in the home? right? Maybe you're like, I just came here to get off drugs. No, I wanted to let you know that God's got a plan for your life, amen? And you're going to find it out by studying his word and by studying, you know, what's to come, amen? Because just because we say end times, we think, oh man, it's, you know, doom, gloom. We think it's the Antichrist tribulation. Yeah, that's a part of it. But like I said, we all have a destiny, right? We all have a destination, right? We all have a purpose. God has a plan for each and every one of us. So all of us have an end time, whether it's corporately Right? Whether it's, you know, the second coming of Christ or maybe it's the day that we take our last breath, if that's our end time. Right? So it's important to understand the purpose. Amen? So whether the end times, whether Jesus comes back tomorrow or in 25 years or 40 years, amen? I'm not trying to set any dates. Amen? That's what a lot of people do. Amen? But no matter when God comes back, right, whenever he chooses to come back, we can apply these things to our life and it will help us to strive for God. Amen. How many of you guys want to strive for God? Right? How many of you guys want to experience more of God's goodness and more of God's glory? Amen. And more of God's power. Amen. So let's look into it. Number one. Right? Number one, when we study the end times, when we look at in, in, into eschatology, it gives us purpose. Amen. Eschatology gives us purpose. Right? See, God has had a plan from the beginning. Right? When we study eschatology, we learn that God isn't just shooting from the hip. Right? We learn that God isn't just putting it together as he goes. But no, it's before the foundations of the earth, he already seen the outcome. Right? He already knew, knew that his son was going to come and die for the sins of the world. Right? He already knew that, that Victor Outreach would be here you know, on, on March 1st, right? listening to a message. He already knew. He had a plan all along. And he has a plan not only for the, the, the big scheme, but also for all of us, for each and every one of us. God has a plan. Amen. And, and, and studying eschatology gives us purpose, but it also lets us know that God will finish his purpose. Right? God isn't one who just starts something and leaves it hanging, like me. Amen? I'm good at starting stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm good at, you know, initiating things, but the follow-through, that's where God's working with me. Amen? But God completes what he starts. Amen? God completes what he starts. If he saves you, he's going to keep you saved. As long as you follow his will, amen? As long as you stay in his presence, amen? Philippians 1.6, I want to go ahead and turn there. Philippians 1.6. Philippians 1.6 says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Amen? Christ, God is going to finish what he started, right? When he spoke the world, when, you know, when he put things together, when he, when he said, let there be light, and when he said, you know, let, let, let there be water, and let there be the sun, and the moon, and the stars, and when God formed, formed Adam in his hand and breathed life into him, right, not only did he start it, but he also finished it, right? God is going to finish what he starts, 
Amen. And that should, be, that should be motivation to us to know that God is going to finish the work that, that he started within us. That maybe right now we don't understand what we're going through. We don't understand why this is happening or that's happening. Or how come I, you know, this job and that job, whatever it is, we wonder why, God, I thought you were for me. Yet God says, yes, I am for you. This is part of the process. Amen. I'm trying to get you to a destination. I'm trying to get you to where I want you to be. Right. And God is going to finish it. God is going to continue to do the work in us until completion. Amen. And when, it, when we talk about the world, when we talk about the, you know, the, the earth, he's going to bring it to completion when Jesus comes back. Right. When Jesus comes back, he's going to establish his kingdom. Right. He's finally the, at that moment. The devil's going to be cast into the pit of hell with the fallen angels and Christ is going to rule here on earth. Amen. So not only does eschatology give us purpose, but the study of end times gives us hope. Amen. It gives us hope. 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4.13. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 through 18 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died, so that you will not grieve like the people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Verse 15, we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living, when the Lord returns, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from the heavens with a commanding shout. With the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Verse 18. So encourage each other with these words. Amen. That we know that there, we have a hope because we know that God is with us. Amen. We have a hope because we know that God is for us. Amen. We know, we know that, that, and we have a hope because, you know, going back to point one, because God is going to finish the work that he started within us, right? That even if we die, that we're going to be resurrected one day with Christ. Amen. That we're going to experience his glory, that we're going to experience his presence, and we're going to experience his power, right? We have a hope in God's promise that he's going to save us. Amen. We have a hope in God's promise through studying the word that he's going to deliver us. Amen. We have a hope in his word that he's going to establish us one day in heaven. Amen. In his kingdom, we're going to take place that we're going to be able to experience his glory. Amen. But we don't know that. We don't learn that until we get into his word. Right. And there's many things in the, in, in the Bible. Right. Uh, uh, one whole third of the Bible is talks about the coming of Christ. Right. It's a big portion of, of the word. But a, along with that, he talks about our purpose. Right. He talks about our calling. Amen. And as Victor Outreach, we have a very special calling. Right, that we go into all the inner cities of the world and we reach the hurting, right? We reach the drug addicts, we reach the gang members, right? Even if you're not from that background, even if you didn't, if you never stuck a needle in your arm or never put a bottle to your lips, or maybe you never spent time in the prison cell, that God has still called us for such a time as this. Amen. And we have hope that God is gonna work and God is gonna move, amen, in everything that He does. Amen. So not only does the study in the end times give us a purpose, and not only does it give us hope, but thirdly, as Christians, it gives us endurance. Amen? It gives us endurance. Matthew 24, verse 13 says, The one who endures to the end will be saved. 
Amen? The one who endures to the end will be saved. We're talking about the end times, right? We're talking about your end time, my end time, right? Like I said, it might be all together. We might experience all together, or maybe we'll experience the end time one-on-one, on one, one on one, amen, right? But we're, it's up to us to finish the race, right? It's up to us to continue to put our trust in God, right? Like it says that the one who endures to the end will be saved, right? The trophy only goes to those who finish the race, right? It only goes to those who finish, right? We start strong, right? You can start strong, you could do great things, but if you don't finish the race, I'm sorry you didn't finish the race, right? It goes, it says the one who endures to the end will be saved. Romans 5 verse 3 says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. Amen? The problems, the trials, the things that we go through nowadays, right? Persecution, all this kind of stuff that we experience, right? It builds endurance in our life. Amen? And also too, a side note, as Americans, Right. Sometimes we get we get kind of focused in on, on, on just us here in America and we don't realize what other people are going through. Right. We think our persecution is, you know, just somebody makes fun of us because we go to church. Right. But there's certain parts of the world where people, they get beheaded because they go to church. Right. They get beheaded because they read the Bible. They get beheaded because they proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. Right. There's executions going on. There's things when I was tell, sharing with the men in the home the other day that, that I seen a video where little kids in, in the Middle East were pretending to do executioner, right? Kids here, we play, you know, cowboys and Indians and cops and robbers and all this other kind of stuff. There they play, you know, execute the Christian, right? So sometimes we, we have to look outside of our area, some outside of our protected zone to see what's really going on and to really understand, you know, how, that we really are in the end times. Amen? Society, the news that we have, they're not going to tell you those things. You have to go search it for yourself. you got to go look it out for yourself. That there's a lot of things going on out there that will make you go, wow, God can come back tomorrow. Right? And it fulfills his word that this is happening. Every day there's something taking place that, that gets us one step closer to, to, to that place. Right? The, the, the Bible defines it as birth pains. Right? And I was hoping that Yasmin would be able to not have her baby for a few more weeks so I could use her as an illustration tonight. But she had her baby, right? Because I was going to bring her up here and I said, does anybody know when she's going to have her baby? But we know she's going to have a baby, right? Any moment, right? And she had her baby early, right? And the same thing, that's how, that's how it is too with the coming of Christ, right? There's signs leading up to it. God gives us clues through his word. Sometimes we have the mentality that, oh man, we can't know, right? No, it says you don't know the day or the hour, but it doesn't say you don't know the season, right? You might not know the day or the hour, but there's a season. There's a, tri you know, a certain trimester. You know, okay, the baby's going to come, right? And the same thing with the coming of Christ, that we can't just walk around oblivious because, yeah, then we're going to get caught off guard. But, see, we want to be like those in the Bible who are ready, those who are prepared, those who don't get caught off guard, those who are not lazy, those who are not tired, those who are not, you know, weak and just falling away and doing whatever we want to do because the master is going to come back. Amen? We have to have that endurance to continue to go forward, to continue to run, even when it gets hard, even when it gets tough. Amen, that we continue to have that endurance, that we hold on to Christ, right, that we put our faith in Christ, that confident trust, right, that we rely upon him, that we put our weight upon him, that we trust in him when we don't feel like going forward, that we allow him to push us forward, amen. 
Hebrews 10.35 says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord, but remember the great reward it brings you. Patient, endur- patient endurance is what you need right now. Amen? So that you will continue to do God's will, then you will receive at the end the promise. Amen? You will receive the promise when you patiently endure. Amen? Anybody here patient? I'm not. Amen? I need help with patience, right? I need help with patience, right? What does my dad say? I'm like a broke doctor, ain't got no patience, right? I'll let that one sink in for a minute. I miss my dad. He's in Africa right now. Amen? But we have to have that patient endurance, amen, that patient endurance that we go through trials, right? Because I want to let you know that if you can't go through it now, what makes you think you're going to go through it when the end does come? Right? What, do you, what makes you think you're going to be able to go through it when there is people here saying, hey, deny your faith or, or die? Right? If you, can't, if you can't go through a little trials and a little struggles now, we ain't going to make it. Right? This is practice. Right? This is boot camp. This is like, okay, let's, if we can't do it when there's not a lot of heat, how are you going to do it when you're walking through the furnace? Right? No, we have to be tested. Right? We have to be, you know, uh, 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 sifted. We have to be, you know, tried so that we can endure Amen? See, testing and trials and tribulations build perseverance, right? It builds perseverance, and it prepares us for God's kingdom, right? The things that we go through, the hardships we go through, right? James says, consider it pure joy, right? Consider it pure joy when when your kids don't listen to you, amen? Consider it pure joy, You know, when all these different things, when different things come your way, why? Because it's preparing you for the end, right? It prepares you for the end. For those of you that that have done sports or different things, Vince knows that if you don't put in the practice, don't expect to do, do good in the game, right? See, right now we're training. Right now we're practicing. Right now we're exercising our giftings. We're exercising our talents. We're exercising our faithfulness because there's going to be a time when it's going to be put to the test, right? When the fire is going to really be here, right? So we have to endure and put our trust in the Lord. Amen? So not only does it give us endurance, amen, but it adjusts our perspective. Number four is that it adjusts our perspective, right? What does that mean? It, is it, it helps us reevaluate our values, right? It helps us to, to realize what is most important, right? What is most important? What, what really matters, Right? Studying eschatology, studying the end times, anticipating the coming of God, anticipating the rapture, anticipating even our death, right? We should live, we should live with that in our mind that, you know what, I might die today, right? Am I living right, right? I might slip in the bathtub. Come on, I might get hit by a car. This is reality, right? This is eschatology, is studying death, right? Heaven and hell. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Amen? Tell somebody. Amen? We don't know. The Bible says tomorrow's not promised to no man, right? We don't know what, what tomorrow holds. We don't know if we're going to get sick or something's going to happen and, you know, pop in our brain. We don't know, right? We've all had somebody around us gone unexpectedly, right? So we must adjust our perspective. And the Word of God adjusts our perspective. Eschatology adjusts our perspective. The end times adjust our perspective. The, the, the mentality and the mindset that Christ can come at any moment adjusts our perspective. It gets things into focus, right? We begin to realize that, you know what? Having that job doesn't really matter, right? Ooh, sorry. 
We realize that, you know, uh, 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 being, having this much money or that much money doesn't really matter. We realize, you know, having that big of a house doesn't really matter. Amen? 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Right? Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen? It adjusts our perspective. See, we must fix our eyes on the things that matter most. We must fo- fix our eyes and focus on eternity, right? That doesn't mean we don't go to work. No, go to work, right? Or are you going to be poor and you're going to be hungry, right? No, go to work, right? Do what God has called you to do. Be a good father. Be a good wife, right? Do what you got to do, but, don't, but make sure that it's not the, the thing that just drives you completely, right? Like Pastor Toby says, right? Yeah, have that right here, but make sure God is here. Make sure living holy is here. Make sure living right is here. Amen? Above that. Amen? We must fix our eyes on the things that are not temporary. Right? We must fix our eyes on the things that are eternal. Right? 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. If we could turn there real quick. 1 Corinthians 3, 10. I'm mad at Jason now. This tissue came apart on me. First Corinthians 3, verse 10 through 15 says, Because, it says, Because of God's grace to me, I have laid a foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building <coughs> on the foundation must be very careful. Tell your neighbor, be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, which is Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on the foundation may use very, a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, it says wood, hay, or straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. Amen. It says the fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping, barely escaping a wall of flames. Amen. It's talking about our works are going to be put to the test. Right. What you live for is going to be put to the test. Right? What you strive for is going to be put through the fire. Right? If, if everything that you do is to just get this house or to get that car or to have all this prestige, it's going to be put through the fire. And I want to let you know houses are made of wood. Right? And what burns in, in fire? Wood burns in fire. Right? Car melts in fire. Have you, you guys remember the fires that we just had this last summer? And you see the scorched land. Nothing survives. Right? That those people barely made it through. They worked all their lives to get that, and it's gone, right? It's the same way it's going to be with us. What, what you work for is going to be put through the fire, that you show up to heaven and say, yeah, I did it, you know, look at all this stuff I got, and God says, all right, turn on the fire, poof, it's gone, here's your little ashes, right? Or if you walk in and say, you know, God, I was faithful with my giving. God, I was faithful with my tithing. God, I, I, I try to witness as much as possible. I would try to lead people to Christ. God, these are the soul. And then God's going to put it through the fire, and then you're going to be rewarded. Right? You're going to be rewarded because it's not going to pass away. Amen? Houses, cars, and jobs, and money will all pass away in the fire. But souls and generosity, integrity, faithfulness will last for eternity. 
Amen. It will last for eternity. When you look how heaven is made, it is made of things that will not pass away in fire. It's made of jewels. It's made of gold. It's made of silver. It's made of all these different things that will not pass away. Right? So we need to make sure that if we're going to heaven, we need to build with some things that are not going to pass away. Amen? Number five. So we must adjust our perspective. And number five, studying eschatology, studying the end times, amen, motivates holiness. Amen. You guys getting something here tonight? Amen. It motivates holiness. 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16 says, So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So that you must live in, in God's obedience. As you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living. Come on. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy. Amen. Everything you do, do it as to God, to the one who chose you is holy. For, it, for the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. Amen. Eschatology in the end time mentality motiv- motivates us to live holy and blameless with the anticipation of Christ's return. Right. It's the reason why we live right in the first place. Right? It's the reason why we stop sinning. Right, It's the reason why we, we, we choose to live for God. It's the reason why that we set ourselves apart. Right, It's because we know that God is going to come back. What? For a, a blameless and pure and spotless church. Right? So if we're just living however, right, you may be left. Right? You may be here. Right? I like the saying, get right or get left. Right? But studying the end times motivates holiness. Right? It motivates you to live holy. Right? It motivates you to, 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 to cut off the things that so easily entangle you. Right? It, it, it motivates you to cut off that relationship. Right? It, it motivates you to get rid of that addiction. Right? It motivates you to, to focus on the things that are eternal and not the things that are temporal. It makes you focus not on the things of the flesh, but things of the spirit. Amen? It makes you focus on what God wants us to focus on. Amen? It motivates holiness. Because we anticipate being in the presence of God. And like I said, you never know how long you're going to last. You may think, oh, well, God, ain't get, God can't come back within the next few months. You're right. He might not, but you might not last. Right? You may not last. Amen? So we have to have this mentality, right, that, that we live holy and blameless. Right? So not only so that we can just experience heaven, no, but so we could be an example. Right? And that leads us to our sixth point. Amen. That leads us to our sixth point. Eschatology and the study of end times. I believe that within this next month, amen, that there's going to be an uprising within our witness. Amen. And number six is eschatology motivates witness. Amen. It motivates evangelism. Right. It motivates reaching the lost. It, it, it motivates getting out there and, and, and preaching the gospel. Why? Because you feel it down deep in your soul that, man, something is going to happen. Something big is happening. That people's souls are in the balance. That people's lives are in the balance. That if we don't get out there and tell them, they're going to perish. Right? People that we see every day. People that we, ex- that we encounter every day. Our coworkers, our family members, our friends. That if we just go alive and try to live comfortable and try not to stir things up. And maybe they might judge me. Maybe they might look at me like this. We're going to miss the opportunity to be a witness to them. And that's what God has put us here for. To be a witness. Amen. To be an example. 
right? 1 Peter 4, 7 through 9 says, The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most of all, continue to show deep love for each other. Amen? For love covers a multitude of sins. And cheerfully share your home with those who are in need and a meal and a place for those to stay. Right? That talks about witness. That talks about being open with people. That talks about encouraging people, right? That talks about being hospitable. Say, hey, come over. Let's talk about God. Let's talk about, you know, uh, 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 his presence. Let's experience him, right? It says to show deep love for one another, right? The Bible says that no greater love has this than to lay down your life for a friend, right? Lay down your pride. Lay down, you know, your image and, and let them have the gospel, Amen. Let them have the good news. Amen. Let them know that, hey, there's a time coming. Are you ready? Right. And yeah, they might look at you weird. Right. The past few months as I've been getting into this, my coworkers, man, they think I'm crazy. Right. Because I'm talking about this and talking about that. I'm updating them every day on what's happening here and what's happening there. And they're just kind of like they don't even it seems like they don't even want to talk to me now. because You know, but it's like in my perspective, I'm like, man, this is great. Right. We're going to experience God, you know, but for them, for the to the lost. It's destruction. Amen? The end times is destruction to those who don't have Christ. Right? It's hopeless to those who don't have hope. Amen? So God wants us to be motivated to be a witness. Amen? Eschatology should motivate us to reach out more than ever. Amen? It should motivate us to reach out more than ever. See, even Noah, right? Even Noah, when God called him to build the ark, he didn't just build the ark, but he also witnessed. He preached, right? And in other parts of the Bible, it describes how he was a witness for God, right? But because of their sin, they continued on living their way. See, it's not, our, it's not on us if they don't accept it. It's on us to give it to them, right? We got to put it out there. But I know for me, if you're like me, sometimes I walk by and I go, oh, they don't want to hear it, right? They don't want, they don't want to hear it, right? Especially your coworkers or your friends, your family. You kind of know their attitude. So you get discouraged and, and you feel a tugging in your heart to go preach to them. But inside you go, ah, they don't want to hear it, right? Ah, they don't, ah, they're going to tell me like not right now, right? So we just go another day. We go another day. We go another week, right? But I want to challenge you that when you feel that unction of the Holy Spirit, when you feel that tugging on your heart to get out there and to preach that gospel, Amen. To tell them that God loves them. To tell them that God has a plan for them. Amen. See, seeing lives change and saved should be our number one focus as end time believers. Right? Being believers and being Christians in an end time church, seeing souls saved should be our number one priority. Amen. And as we look back, that was the number one priority. Uh, uh, whenever there was a revival, whenever there was a great movement of God, souls was the motivation. Amen. Why is Victor Outreach so big today? Because souls is our motivation, right? Saving people was our motivation. Actually, I don't know if it is, if it is today or not, but I know in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s it was, amen, that reaching souls was our main priority, and that's why we grew to be where we're at today, and right? Not only Victor Outreach, but other ministries, amen. Give the Lord a hand. Because souls were our focus, Amen. In the book of Acts, it says that they added to their numbers daily, right? They added to their numbers daily. They grew daily, even in the midst of persecution, right? Even in the midst of, uh, 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 of having to meet underground, right? And meet in secret places and, you know, not even having a full Bible, 
right? That they would just have this, a little letter maybe, and they would be preaching it, and there would be fire and revival, right? While they were being killed, right? While they were being, you know, crucified and executed, they continued to preach, amen? And I believe that the book of Acts is, is a parallel to what we might experience here within the next few years, amen? So the question is, are you ready? Amen, are we ready? And number seven, Amen. Number seven and the last one is that eschatology and the study of the end times should motivate us to worship. Amen. It should motivate us to worship. It should motivate us to devotion. Amen. It should motivate us to praise. Right. It should motivate us to, to, to lay our life down on the line and give it all to Christ. Amen. Because we know that nothing else matters. Right? We know that nothing else matters. We know that everything else is going to pass away. We know that, that, that our job and, and our finances and, and our cars and our hobbies, everything, nothing else matters. Right? Our instrument, any, whatever it is, is going to pass away. That all that matters is the relationship that we have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Romans 12.1. Romans 12.1 says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and, and, holy and blameless to God. Amen. This is your true and proper worship. Amen. Laying yourself down, being a living sacrifice is true worship. Right. Yes, what we do up here is worship. Right. But when you lay yourself on the altar, right, when you lay yourself and say, God, I'm yours, that is true worship. When you say, God, I want to be your mouthpiece, that is true worship. When you say, God, I want to be your vessel, that is true worship. When you say, God, I want to be a witness at my job, that is true worship. When you tell God, God, the things of this world don't matter. God, I want to focus on what you want me to focus on, God. God, I'm willing to give up my life. God, I'm willing to go across the world. God, I'm, really, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to preach your gospel, that is true worship. When we offer ourselves on the altar, as a living sacrifice, when we give up our own thinking, when we give up our own will, and we give up our own actions for God's glory, that is true worship. Amen? Eschatology and end times and tribulation and the persecution and all that should not scare us, but it should motivate us. Amen? It should encourage us. Amen? I, don't, I, I pray that nobody here is discouraged, but I pray that you are encouraged. Amen? For what God is going to do. Amen. I pray that you're encouraged of how the Holy Spirit is going to work through you and the miracles and the signs that you're going to see. Amen. I believe that things, great things are going to happen. Amen. As the worship team comes. Amen. We're kicking it off here tonight. We're kicking it off this weekend about the end times. You know, about what God is going to do. And like I said, I, I'm excited about it. Why? Because I feel in my spirit that there's a revival getting ready to break loose. Amen. I feel that there's an outpouring of God's presence getting ready to pour out upon us. Amen. I believe that there's going to be a fresh anointing. Amen. That for some of us tonight, we came in a little downcast. We came in a little burden. We came in a little heavy. Amen. But as we study the word of God, as we anticipate his coming, it's going to stir you up. Amen. We're going to get out there and we're going to begin to witness like never before. Amen. We're going to begin to live holy like never before. Amen. And I want you to stand here tonight. Amen. Because we're going to continue to praise the Lord here in this place. Amen. Because I don't want you to get the false idea that, that the end times is something bad. No, it's something good. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise.